good morning, New Life Manitou. Um, my name is Holly. Um, would you stand with me for the scripture reading, please? Okay, today's reading is from Psalm 91. So it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's remain standing as we pray. Lord, we pray and ask that you will be our refuge, our protection, our shield. You will cover over us with your wings. And we will be in a wonderful place with you. So, Lord, we pray this in your name. We thank you, Lord. And God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated, everyone. Do you guys remember a couple months ago? It was quite a few months ago, last summer, when we were in the Romans series. Raise your hand if you remember that. Oh, a couple, three of you. Wonderful. It's, seriously, raise your hand. Do you, were you here? Okay, there we go. All right. So we were in this series a long time ago, and we, at some point, were, I was in a meeting on a Tuesday morning, which uh, some of the other pastors, Friday night, Daniel Grothy, downtown, Glenn Packiam, David Martin, uh, Sarah's husband, he oversees the youth, Michelle Anthony, who oversees children's. Uh, we come together on Tuesday morning. We just talk about the Sunday. We talk about the week. And someone was like, well, what series are we going to do after this series in Rome? We were in Romans for 16 weeks, and someone in that meeting brought up the Psalms. And the Psalms teach us the language of our faith. And someone brought up this idea, and someone else was like, that's a great idea. And the excitement in that room went from like a two or a three to a 10. And people were like, yeah, we we should start off with Psalm 1. You know, blessed is the man who doesn't walk, and the counsel of the wicked are sit in the uh, way of sinners. And then we should end the series Psalm 150. That's how the book of Psalms ends. With praise the Lord in the sanctuary, with timbrel and harp and dancing and lyre and flute and cymbals and loud cymbals, yes. And someone else was like, yeah, and we should, we should talk about Psalm 2. That's about like politics. Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? And then we should talk about Psalm 3, this, this psalm that kind of makes it real, like what happens in times of sadness and, and, and like you're, you're wondering uh, what is going to happen with your life. That's the psalm where David is running from his own son, Absalom, fleeing for his life. And he says, Lord, how many are my foes? How they rise up against me. Many are 
saying of me, God will not deliver him. And if we talk about that, then so in this meeting, people are just shouting out Psalms and, and we're like, yeah, 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 that one, like Psalm 8, Lord, our Lord, you know this one? How majestic is your name and all the, and we're like, yeah, 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 that's a good one. And what about Psalm 15, uh, the, the Lord who may live and dwell in your holy place or Psalm 16, a famous Psalm that says, keep me safe, my God, and you I take refuge. Just say the Lord. He is my Lord apart from you. And then it's like, well, have we even mentioned Psalm 23 yet? The Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. And on and on in this meeting, we went back and forth quoting Psalms. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one too. That's a good one. And what about Psalm 51 where David uh, commits adultery and have mercy on me, O God, according to thy great mercy. It was just a wonderful morning. It was like watching chess masters play this game. And they all knew like what the other one was going to say and do. And we all had these Psalms, at least parts of them memorized. It was like someone painting a beautiful painting and it's all coming together and we were just like yes here's these people these leaders in our church that know the psalms that pray the psalms that lead others in prayer with the psalms and of course that is why here we are today talking about the psalms because the psalms teach us the language of faith so turn in your bibles to psalm 91 this is one of the i think the series will be about uh, a baker's dozen worth of weeks and we have chosen out of all the psalms out of all the psalms that morning that we were so excitedly uh repeating back to each other psalm 91 is one of the best ofs of the psalms that are already so wonderful how many of you bring a paper anybody ever bring a paper bible be proud. Yes, extra credit. Oh, look at all of them. Okay, extra credit to all the paper Bible bringers. Turn to Psalm 91. The first point here uh, is that God's response to praying people in crisis is dot, 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 refuge. This psalm is all about refuge and protection. Look at the words here. It starts off with he who dwells. And we could definitely say he or she. This is uh, a, a psalm that's open to everyone. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'll stop there and just say, this psalm was probably written at the time of exile, the people of Israel saying this psalm that the Lord, even while we are in exile, the Lord is our protection. It has a couple different movements. We think that this first movement here, uh, that this psalm was said like a, a leader and the people, a priest and the people. And so the priest declares, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the mighty. And then it's the people who are praying. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him I will trust. And then we think it, it goes back to this, uh, the priest or the leader singing out a prayer. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you shall take refuge. Is your mind, your imagination going to places of fortitude, to a fortress, to refuge? Imagine in an ancient world where the warfare was hand-to-hand -hand combat, where people, it was a bloody thing, it was a horrible thing. People would kill each other with their bare hands and with swords and these instruments of death. And the fortress would be a very real place, going and seeking out a, a castle, a fortress, a city on a hill with a wall around it. That would be very, this image of protection, that our God is like that for us in our times when we need refuge. And I, was, I, was, I visit this guy every once in a while. He's a new lifer uh, when he can attend. Right now, unfortunately, he's in jail. He's been in jail for qu quite a while, has mental health issues that, that um, kind of 
led to his circumstances of being in jail. I visit him every once in a while. And I was visiting him on Thursday and we were just talking and I brought up Psalm 91 because I was talking about it today. And we talked about this image of being in a fortress. And for him, it was like, well, that's, that's, I, this is a safe place, this jail he's in. It's brick and mortar, but it's a cold place. It's not a, a place for him. It's like, it is refuge, but it's for him, it's a place. It's, it's jail, literally. And thank goodness that this image is paired with this other image. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. Think about that next time you're stressed out. That the Lord is like a bird over little chicks with its wings over the nest. We have a nest at our house. Anybody have a nest at their house? It's springtime. Right above our awning is a little nest and we hear the little birds and the mom bird just is over the nest protecting, alive. Um, Think about being like in a feather bed and the Lord, like when you're a kid, covering your head with the blankets and protection and warmth. We don't, the Kirkendalls, uh, we don't have a lot of nice things because we have four kids who will destroy nice things. Um, and you know, we just have stuff, but we do have a really nice down comforter. We spent a lot of money years ago and we got a nice down comforter. And this image that, the, that is in here in this Psalm of being in, like when you're a kid being, you know, hiding from the monster under your covers, the protection of the Lord is upon you. The other image here is the snare of the fowler. You know what a fowler is? Fowler is someone who hunts birds. And so the fowler in the ancient world would use a snare. It's a very cheap thing. You just need a piece of string and a little bit of know-how. And it's very effective. You take a string, you bend a branch back, put the string down to something, you tie it around something, you kind of set it up with food or something shiny or a place that a bird can land. And the bird comes in and sees this shiny thing, sees something it wants, and it gets trapped by the fowler's snare. It gets his little foot and the bird tries to fly away and it's caught by its foot and it's a pretty sad image of a bird trying to get away fighting until it dies or even worse is that the snare gets around the bird's neck. Sorry to put this image in your head but a little baby bird dying because it saw something shiny and went to check it out and the Lord in this passage. So think about that in our own lives that nothing is too big that that we get ensnared in things all the time. We see something that tempts us and we go and check it out and then we find ourselves snared in it. And the Lord says this about us, that he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. That's just a fun word to say, but two words to say, I guess. Perilous pestilence. I had to look it up. Like, what is this talking about? It's talking about a disease, a horrible disease that just comes upon your house and it is deadly. So the Lord will protect you not only from when you get messed up and you get in your own snare, but he will also protect you when something just comes upon your house, disaster. The Lord will protect you from that. Let's continue on. It says, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. So think about all the times of the day here. It's all of them. Terror by night, the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. And then this famous line, a thousand may fall at your uh, side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. This wonderful image of the Lord protecting us even in times of terror. The the verse that sticks out to me is um, the terror by night. And the Lord in here says he will protect us in the night, in the day, in the darkness, in the midday, all through the day, all through the seasons of life, the Lord is with us. And this one that stands out to me is the terror by night. Any parents in here ever have a kid with night terrors? It's a horrible thing. It's the kid 
kind of wakes up, kind of doesn't wake up, and they're screaming, and you, you just, you're just thinking about, Lord, give this kid relief. He's, he, he's uncontrollable. I, I remember having them, it's like kind of, even later in life, I just remember waking up screaming, and Erica looking at me, and I'm screaming, so she starts screaming. We both start screaming. Um, it's usually like in, t- in my own life, just times of stress, and it's usually like right around, because we live in Manitou up by the cliff house, and uh, usually a Friday night or Saturday night, the bars close at like 1 32 a.m. and these hooligans come up the road screaming and hollering and sometimes fighting, sometimes cussing up the road because that's what you do, I guess. Don't do that. That's ridiculous. But that's what they do. Uh, that's what they do. And they cut. And I, I just hear like fighting outside. What is that? Is that in the house? What's going on? And the, the terror that comes. I've reminded myself of this psalm that that we won't even be afraid. Us believers, the people who pray, we won't even be afraid of the terror by night because the Lord is watching over us. This next point is pretty much point one, very similar. God's response to people, uh, praying people in crisis is protection. Very similar to refuge. Listen to these words. It says, for he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. So think about this imagery here. An angel you know, with, lifting you with his hands. You're not going to fall. The angel is going to hold you up. You're not even going to dash your foot against a stone. And you will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. Let me give you a sports analogy. For those of you that don't like sports, hang with me for just a second. But a couple years ago, it was quite a few years ago, I was over at Daniel Grothy's house. He's the leader, a pastor of Friday night. And it was just like a guy's. We were hanging out. I think we had to uh, talk about something. Then we had dinner. And then we turned on the TV. It must have been a Monday or a Thursday night football. And, and football comes on. And it's the Baltimore Ravens and some other team. And I just remember it was the Baltimore Ravens because this guy, Ray Lewis, do you guys know of him, you football fans? Uh, a beast of a player, played for the Ravens. 17 years, which in like dog years or in like football years, he's like 110 years old. Uh, and so he played, he led the team in, in defense. He was alignment, a beast and uh, a man who was very uh, outspoken about his faith and just kind of a pump up kind of leader guy. And so the camera zooms in right before the game starts and he's pumping up his team. The guys are rallying around and he's quoting lines from this Psalm. It was so cool. He's, he's saying there, we're going to get the lion. We're going to get that song serpent, come on guys. And they're like, ooh, 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 ooh. And then he's like, yeah, a thousand may fall on our side, 10,000, come on guys. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, wow, praise the Lord that on, on national TV, in the National Football League, here's a guy, and, and football, let's be honest, it's a rough sport. Like guys don't just get hurt, they get mangled out there. And so here's this guy lifting up his team with this psalm, and I just thought, wow, what a, what a cool use in 20, uh, you know, in our modern world of this psalm being screamed out and prayed before a game. And I just thought, wow, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. And this psalm to me has been really important. I remember it was a a time in my life where it just lifted me up and we prayed this psalm again and again and again on a mission trip. It was 2006. Uh, Are the Mendels here? They're not here, but I think Justin was on the trip. Was anybody else here on that trip? It was a long time ago. Uh, I was, it was a college ministry trip. Um, it was pretty horrible circumstances personally before going on the trip. A friend of mine, probably my best friend, his name was Ben Couch. He died right before the trip. I think two weeks or a week and a half or something before this trip. And we were going to go to China. We were going to go to Tibet. Uh, and it was horrible circumstances. So Ben's brother, Joe, was going to lead the trip. And Joe has been here. He, he's the one that dedicated our son 
a Theo, he's, he's been here before. He was gonna lead the trip, but because his brother died, he had to go to Nepal, where my friend died. He was died in a motorcycle accident to, to do funeral arrangements. It was just horrible, so I'm grieving, and then I end up taking over this team of about 10 people to go to Tibet, these young adults, and the person leading with me, uh, she was very close to Ben as well. They had dated, but they were the best of friends, and so when, when Ben passed away, it was just a horrible scene where me and this other leader are trying to lead this trip, and we get over to Tibet, and the missionary contact that we went with was just saying, yeah, the, the, the city is kind of in political turmoil right now, the city of Lhasa. We have to cancel this plan. We have to cancel this. We were going to do a day at the orphanage. We can't do that anymore. We can't even go outside. We could pretty much just sit here. It was a lot of fear. And looking back, it was like that nothing ever happened in 2006 in Tibet and China, but, but it was just like there was a lot of fear. So we had to cancel all these plans. We're stuck in our little hostel room and in fear, like in fear of going outside, in fear of just going out to eat. We we were in constant fear, and we prayed this psalm every morning, every night. We prayed, Lord, you are our refuge. You are our portion. You are protection. And the Lord, would you cover over us with your wings? And Lord, would you deliver us from the snare of the fowler? Every morning, every evening, we prayed this prayer, and it was just, Lord, do this inside of us. We need you. We need your help. And I think this psalm is one of those psalms where I think an incorrect reading, an incorrect response from this psalm as a side note would be to test the Lord, to test him. It says this, that he, he will have his angels give charge over you to keep you and you will not bear your foot against uh, even a rock. And did you know this is the exact passage that Satan uses to tempt Jesus? Are you aware of this, Jesus? If you're familiar with the, the gospel stories, Jesus uh, goes and fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the, the devil appears to him to tempt him, and he's on a tall pinnacle, probably the temple, and the devil says, throw yourself down, make a show of yourself, because, because this passage, the devil quotes and says, even the angels will give charge over you, and you're not even going to dash your foot against a stone, and Jesus says, get away from me, don't you know it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. And I don't think this passage is, is one that's like, oh, the, the Lord's going to protect us, so let's go out and do stupid stuff. No, 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 don't, don't do that. The Lord will protect us, but there's, there's, we don't test the Lord. There's People have used this passage. It's a fascinating group of people, a crazy group of people, uh, but there's this group, it's very small. I, I did some research this week. It's like a very small group of people that are snake handlers. Have you heard of these people? The churches, they, handle, they literally handle snakes. And so they take this passage and some passages in the New Testament and they test the Lord. Like during worship, like we just did, they would bring out snakes and pass them around. And it's like, that is clearly testing the Lord. Do not test the Lord. And it's just a matter of time. Like they've all experienced, like you go to these churches. I've never been to one, but apparently like they bite people and then hands and legs are amputated and people actually die. Don't test the Lord. And yet the Lord is our protection. The verse eight in here says this, and we're kind of going in a couple different directions before concluding here. But it says this, it says, only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. Only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. Have you seen the rich get richer? Have you seen people in corruption making bad deals and stealing? Have you seen those people prosper? 
I know I have. But only with your eyes, only with like what we can see in this world will you see the reward of the wicked. The true reward of the righteous comes after long suffering, comes after following the Lord and doing the right thing for a very long time. The guy who did the offering, he's in the back, Lance Coles, he's been on New Life staff for 32, 32 years, wow. A lifetime, at least in my eyes, of serving in the same place through new life's highs and lows and good days and horrible days. Lance has been around. That's the reward of the, of the righteous is seen from the inside out. It's the blessing of the Lord. Faithfulness for a long time in the same direction will lead us into this reward and this protection of the Lord. Last point here is this, that the Lord says something to us. So this psalm goes from like leader to people to leader to people, and then at the end, it is the Lord telling us something. So I'm gonna read it, and would you listen to these words? This is the Lord speaking in Psalm 91 about those who love him. Anybody love the Lord? Okay, this is for you then. Because he has set his love on me, because he has set his love on me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him and with a long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the voice of the Lord for us today. Um, there's so many voices in our own heads telling us things that aren't true of, of who we are. There's people telling us that we're no good. There's people, just voices saying all kinds of things. But this voice comes from the Lord telling us that we will prosper because he has protected us, that he will set us on high because he, we have known his name. Would you consider that? Would you think about this morning of knowing the name of the Lord the protection that comes with that, the refuge that comes with that, that he will deliver us. He can truly deliver. Some of you are in here and, and there's like something has ensnared you in your life and there's addiction, there's snares, whatever that is in your own life. The Lord can deliver you from that because you have set your love upon him. Would you bow your head with me this morning? And it says this in this scripture, it says that because we've, we've we, the Lord has set us on high because we have known his name. And the name that is above every name is the name of Jesus. Lord, we say your name today knowing that, that you are the one who shelters us, gives us protection. You are the one who takes us away from sin. And so, Lord, we say your name. Would you say his name, Jesus? Jesus. If you need help this morning, if you need refuge, would you say his name, Jesus? If you need the Lord to be your fortress, would you say his name this morning? Jesus. If you need him to put his wing over you and over your life and give you rest, would you say his name this morning? Jesus. If you need him to come into your life and deliver you from the traps, from the snare of the fowler, would you say his name this morning? Jesus. So God, all of us in here saying your name, proclaiming you, Jesus, we, we know that you are God. You would deliver us and you protect us with a long life. You will satisfy us. We take this psalm, Lord. We take this promise and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. And we say your name because you are awesome and holy and you will and have delivered us. So we praise you, Lord. 
Would you stand with me, congregation? We're going to say together a prayer that, that we say just about every week. Not every week, but we say this prayer to prepare ourselves for communion. It's a prayer of coming to the Lord and asking for repentance. Say it and pray it with me. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name, amen.